Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Today I have a special guest with me. It's uh, Jason Schertz. He's the uh, the he's a new YouTuber. He's been putting on some videos about uh, some very interesting things related to the UFO subject. His new channel is called Beyond Strangeness, and uh, uh, I'm gonna definitely have the links in the in the description for this channel because it's really awesome. He only has a handful of videos so far, uh, but the videos that he's put up there are very intriguing, particularly one that he just. Uh, posted this past uh, in this past week uh, about Colonel Carl Nell, uh, who was David Grush's boss. And I thought that this video was fantastic. I can see that this video has been getting a lot of uh, uh, great uh, responses from people on in the UFO community uh, across UFO Reddit and also on UFO Twitter. A lot of people are talking about this video because it's pointing something out uh, that uh, I see now is very important, something that the mainstream news has uh, failed to uh, talk about whatsoever, uh, particularly uh, uh, it's strange because this guy is uh, an incredible background and he is David Grush's boss. He was David Grush's boss in the Pentagon and uh, he's this guy has an incredible background and, and if it wasn't for Jason, Jason Schertz here uh, from Oregon, uh, and his new YouTube channel talking about it, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. Thanks a lot for coming on the show, Jason. I really appreciate it. Hey, hey, thanks for thanks for having me, Jim. Um, super uh, grateful to be here. And um, thank you to the community for giving me such a warm welcome on kind of my uh, freshman releases on this subject. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I somehow that video was re, uh, recommended to me, and I watched it this uh, just a few days ago, and I contacted you immediately right after I watched it. I thought, this is awesome. Uh, and this is important, and it's something like you point out in this uh, video that you put together. And of course, I'll have the link uh, below. And we're going to play a snip here in a minute from it. Uh, and I, it was just incredible. And it was uh, well. I guess before we even get into that, what so this is something that you must have noticed and realized that it's, nobody's talking about this, and this is important. How, like how, what happened? Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm just like you and anybody else watching this. I'm part of this community and. I've been following this subject for a long time. Um, and it, it's just, I'm, there's just things that I notice as I'm following this topic that kind of make my ears perk up like, huh, what's that all about? Why is nobody really picking up on that? And this was one that, you know, I got to give credit to the red boards. I could kind of bounce around on there and, um, um, you know, so master sleuths on on those those boards and just dug into it and was really like wow why the hell is nobody you know talking about this and and i'm always looking for good material that that's that's kind of my goal with this channel is to is to sort of find those gold nuggets that are sort of right in front of everybody that nobody's really that people are missing um, and to be fair there's just a sea of information on this topic so it's it's easy for it to be missed and it just seemed really interesting. And I'm just glad that that um, people are uh, are stoked to see the story come out. Well, your video was, I guess it was about 15, 16 minutes long, somewhere in there. And I I uh, cut, I, I put, edited together like a seven minute uh, version of that. I shortened it down. Uh, but uh, I think people should really go to your channel and check out the full, uh, get the full effect here. Uh, but just to give people an idea. But basically uh, what he's talking about here is, you know, he talks about David Grush, the, how the story was released in the debrief, uh, the article from Leslie Keene and Ralph Blumenthal. And then, uh, of course, uh, he was interviewed for that News Nation interview by Ross Coltart. And then, of course, he uh, Grush appeared on uh, 
uh, in the hearing, in the recent uh, UFO hearing, along with Ryan Graves and David Fravor. But the, the point that uh, that got missed in all of this is the fact that buried deep in that original article in the debrief, there was this mention of Carl Nell and some of the comments he made. And so what you did here in your video is you, you talked about who this guy is, Carl Nell, and then you... After all of that, you, you showed the comments, and, and it's unbelievable. So I just want to play this video so people get an idea of uh, what uh, we're talking about here. You may not know or have heard of retired Army Colonel Carl Nell. The truth is, is that since his show-stopping statements in the previously mentioned debrief article, he's gone almost completely off the radar. But luckily, who he is and what he said is on the record. Despite how short it was, it's something that every major news source should be beating down his door to get a follow-up quote and clarify the details of his statement. Before we get to what he said, we need to understand who Colonel Carl Nell is. Colonel Nell is an extremely distinguished figure in the military, aerospace, and defense industries with a career spanning nearly three decades of extensive military service, corporate contracting and defense development, retrievals of high-value weapon systems, and top brass positions at the highest levels of aerospace industry leadership. His education, and especially his work history, is nothing short of absolutely astonishing. Colonel Nell started his education at the University of Pennsylvania, earning a bachelor's in electrical engineering Next, he earned a master's certificate, different than a master's degree, but still extremely impressive, in computer science engineering, graduating with nearly a 4.0 GPA from the U.S. Air Force Institute of Technology. He almost graduated with another 4.0, earning a full master's degree in mechanical engineering from Austin University. And finally, in his education, he picked up a second master's degree in strategic studies from the United States Army War College, and if you think all oh, that's impressive, that's nothing compared to his work history. Starting in 1990, he served four years as a commander and operation officer at U.S. Space Command, where he was selected for one of only three Army officer leadership positions within U.S. Space Command in Europe. He led a transportable satellite communications control center, reporting directly to the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Next. Colonel Nell had a short stint helping AT&T engineer enhancements to their long-distance network capabilities before he landed, and this is where it starts to get fun, a gig at Lockheed Martin as a senior systems engineer and led satellite communications for operations of the sophisticated national satellite constellations and helped resolve all their anomalous satellite behavior. After Lockheed, Nell moved to the DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency, as a technical operations officer and the first person deployed from the DIA as the Foreign Material Program Command Representative to U.S. Central Command in Kuwait during that war in the Middle East. This position at the DIA is a really interesting one. Under Nell's leadership, the DIA executed the safe and successful recovery of hundreds of conventional weapon systems of strategic value. From the DIA, Colonel Nell moved to Northrop Grumman, the defense contractors, where he was there for 13 years as a deputy chief technology officer and director of systems engineering and integration at Northrop Grumman. That's definitely not a job that they give to just anybody. Then after this eyebrow raising stint at Northrop, he became the chief strategy officer for the U.S. Army Reserves. From there, in 2015, Colonel Nell had a short stint as the VP and general manager of Ensco Inc. Ensco describes itself as a defense and space manufacturing company 
On their LinkedIn page, the company states that for more than 50 years, Enskill has been providing leading edge engineering, science and advanced technology solutions to world governments, private defense, aerospace, national security, and the transportation sectors. And while at this post at ENSCO, Colonel Nell led a geographically dispersed R&D division of 100 employees that provided disruptive technology solutions to the Air Force Technical Application Center, Department of Homeland Security, the National Defense Threat Reduction Agency, the FBI, the Pentagon Force Protection Agency, and other elite national security strategy clients. So after these assignments, while he was at ENSCO, Nell became the Deputy Chief Operating Officer and Director of Special Programs for U.S. Africa Command, which is one of 11 Department of Defense Combat Command locations on the African continent. He was also selected by appointed officials to serve in the office of the Secretary of Defense. For the past five years or so, Colonel Nell has served as the Modernization Officer to Vice Chief of Staff of the Army and was the key contributor to the most significant army reorganization since 1973. One very interesting and noteworthy accomplishment by Nell while he was at this post was that he led systems engineering and integration, advancing JADC2, or the Joint All-Domain Command and Control in the Department of Defense, to develop and connect sensors from all branches of the US Armed Forces into a unified network powered by AI. Branches include Air Force, Army, Marine Corps, Navy, and the Space Force. Think about that system. He led a team that built and integrated a connected world monitoring sensor system for all branches of the U.S. Armed Forces. Colonel Nell collaborated and worked with Office of Secretary of Defense, DARPA, the NRO, advised the U.S. Air Force Rapid Capabilities Office that accelerates development, acquisition, and application of critical combat muscle for the U.S. Air Force and the Space Security Defense Program. Oh, and he's also the only space-qualified Army participant in joint staffs. He's also a subject matter expert for Army Science Board Studies that provides advice about Army science to senior military leaders and about AI and machine learning during whole-of-government forums. So... He's an AI, machine learning, military intelligence, aerospace, communications, defense contracting, weapons system development and recovery, combat commander, engineering expert, who served those positions and in industries primarily at the very top of each of them. You think old Carl Nell has seen some shit? On June 5th, 2023, the debrief news outlet published an article by investigative journalists Leslie Kane and Ralph Blumenthal. In this article, Colonel Carl Nell went on the record. First, he backed up Grush's credibility and his character directly by stating that Grush was beyond reproach, which reproach means perfect or unable to be criticized. But the real bombshells coming from Colonel Nell, quote, his assertion concerning the existence of a terrestrial arms race occurring sub rosa aka secretly, over the past 80 years, focusing on reverse engineering technologies of unknown origin is fundamentally correct, as is the indisputable realization that at least some of these technologies are of unknown origin or derived from non-human intelligence. 
Holy shit. Why is no one following up on this? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That was great. <laughs> Very well put together video, too. I must give, I have, must uh, compliment you on your uh, editing skills. That was very nice. Nice uh, combination of music and narration. And you, you made some great points. Um, but I guess that's the big question. Why? You know, why aren't, uh, why is not the mainstream news following up on this? I mean, you, you laid it out for, for them. And uh, nobody, nobody in these big newspapers or cable news channels have felt it was necessary to find out who Carl Nell is. Yeah, I mean, I can only speculate. You know, I, I sort of just shortly after that, I talk about the mainstream media is sort of bought and paid for and the, it's sort of steered from the top into specific topics and you know, so, I mean, but, but that's the, the exciting thing about 2023 and where we're at and, and sort of just independent publishers like you and me is like, we have an ability to have a platform to get stories out that in the past, in, you know, decades past, you, if you weren't in those mainstream channels, you just, it would be, ba it's basically impossible to get anything out. So it's, it's, um, you know, it just got to, give credit to the modern times and the tools that we have to be able to get cool stories that should be heard out there. Well, I mean, this is a really extremely cool story. As uh, I, I, I guess, you know, the whole thing is with, with a, a breathtaking background like that. Uh, and the fact that he's making these statements, I mean, he's basically corroborating everything that Grush is saying. I mean, isn't he the same thing? Is he, I mean, he's blowing the whistle too, but yet the, there's really not that much attention on him as there has been on Grush. Yeah. Um, and, and it's been pointed out, you know, there's there's a little bit of technicality in this in this um, thumbnail, really, in what I did. A little bit of YouTube magic that um, technically Grush's direct boss was Jay Stratton. Um, but um, Nell is a ranking senior officer above him. And my, my dad was career military. You know, he retired from U.S. Air Force as a colonel. And he always said that anybody above you in rank is your boss. So. I know people have kind of parsed that and like, he wasn't his boss. It's like, yeah, but he, they worked together and he was a senior officer. He basically was his boss. Um, so yeah, it's, it's makes the eyebrows just like, wow. wow. You know, yeah. kind of blows your hair back that those statements and you look at the guy's history when I was doing the research and I didn't have to dig very far. I mean, you can just go to his freaking LinkedIn um, profile um, which is in the description of the video. And it's, it's right there, man. You know, it, it's, it, this was not, it, I, I didn't have to dig very far to find all this stuff basically. 
And um, most of the work on this was just putting it together in a cool story in a way that people would pay attention to it. So, yeah, it, it's it's um, it, it's a head scratcher that it was kind of missed. And, and if you in the context of that article, you know, the stuff that Grash is saying that that's the bulk of what is said. And, and he says a lot of wild stuff. Um, the other character I'm blanking at the moment um, that was co-mentioned along with. Oh, man. Sorry, I'm, I'm blanking oh. right now. Um, it, it's a pseudonym for another intelligence insider that also made some statements. And the reason I didn't put that in this piece is that I couldn't verify because of the pseudonym. Right. Um, Whose actual identity and, and, and some of the stuff and and some of the other you know people on in this community might have that information. But um, this is a this is a passion project. And so I'm limited in my time and, and I did what I could to to put the information in there. And this was just immense amount of 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 info just with Nell. So I just ran the story with that. Well, you know, I, I think it's interesting too is the is the idea here. Uh, you point this out uh, a lot. There's actually more of this video that's not wasn't contained in that snip where you're talking about the mainstream media. Uh, you you do put a focus on that, and it seems to me. I mean, you look at the situation here. Uh, Ralph Blumenthal and Leslie Keen, who, by the way, I have to say, are probably the most respected reporters at this point in this UFO community. They they were the ones responsible for that initial. 2017 New York Times article. And here, when they came out with this article, if you remember correctly, the New York Times, they thought about it, but then didn't do it. The Washington Post, they didn't want to touch it. So it ended up in the debrief. And you have to wonder, uh, was it the combination of, now looking back at it, was the combination of Grush's comments and the insertion of, of Carl Nell in there? Because really, it's a done deal, really. When you're, when you're hearing Grush talking like he said, the things he's saying, he's saying, yes, there's a reverse engineering crash retrieval program. And this guy here who has an incredible background is in that same article stating, yes, he's beyond reproach. And he, uh, he you know, he, he's, he, and this, he's telling the truth and that, yes, he's right that there is, he's fundamentally cor correct. Right. So you have that. That might have been too much for the uh, for the establishment, because, you know, New York Post or news, excuse me, New York Times and, and Washington Post, amongst all the cable news channels, they're all part of the establishment. Yeah. And I believe Politico passed on the story, too. So, yes. And it's the is it the New York Times? I believe um, Blumenthal was on payroll as as one of their. Um, journalists so you know it's not like they didn't have the connections to get this in front of the people and it was the it went to the top and they said no so it's it's just kind of a head scratcher you know it, it's um <laughs> I, I think I what sorry, I, I don't know. I think what you did here, though, is like by pointing this out. I mean, see, I, even people in, there was a lot of people in the UFO community when Grush first stepped out. I remember arguing with some people online, saying, "Well, oh, this guy's the biggest joke of all time," and blah blah blah. And I was like, "Well, I don't know about that. I, I how do I, he, he? Yeah, okay, he doesn't have the absolute end all evidence with him, but he's but he is corroborating what a lot of people in the UFO community, a lot of UFO historians had had believed for a long time. Yes, okay." He corroborated all and then you have this colonel nell in the background when really he should have been part of this story he should have been more toward the top of that story but you know I, i'm wondering now looking back at it maybe leslie keen and ralph blumenthal uh, missed the, uh, uh, the boat there a little bit i'm not really i don't want to criticize him too much but i mean that should have been up closer to the top of the fold and this guy says he's correct you know this guy in the current in, in the army this colonel says he's correct and look at this guy's background so 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I, I can again, I can only speculate. I can, when I was digging into this, I got a sense that he's really been kind of, you know, he made the statement and then he's sort of been a ghost since. So maybe they just felt that they could get more traction out of, you know, I think they were pretty close and they knew that what, to what extent Grush was going to be coming forward and pretty sure that the news nation interview was in the pipeline might've been already shot when they had, had dropped that. So um, yeah, maybe it was just sort of, that's who everybody rallied around. And and that's kind of the stories that sort of exploded out of that piece. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, it's incredible that it's not even really mentioned this guy and uh, his just absolutely stunning, hard to wrap your mind around that level of accomplishment and achievement and just absolute brilliance, the genius level brilliant brilliance that you would need to do that type of stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> and the programs and systems and teams and stuff that he built and did, he's the guy that if there's people seeing data and stuff of things and knows about shit, it, it sorry, pardon me. Oh, that's um, okay. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's that guy. So, whew, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's an incredible great. background. It's an incredible background that he has, and uh, the fact that he's someone who was basically saying, "Yeah, everything's Grush is saying is correct." I know that he's fundamentally correct about this. Yes, there are these programs, and that basically he's just saying the same thing. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe he's someone who should be testifying as well. And I guess, I guess it's always possible. Maybe he, there was uh, talk. I remember before that hearing started, there was supposed to be more people uh, that were supposed to talk. And I'm wondering if he was one of them. And then, cause remember there was some of them that backed down. I, I actually heard that some people suggest that maybe Carl Nell may, may have been one of them. I, I heard that too. Um, I've also heard. I've been drinking from a fire hose since this last Saturday, like just from interacting with people with these videos and then just continuing to, to, to do my work that I'm doing on the next pieces. Um, I believe I heard that someone who was recently saw Ross Coltart speak down in Australia at an event. And he had mentioned that Carl Nell was somebody to keep an eye on soon. That's coming up. So, you know, I mean, yeah. if he was kind of doing a soft open for something more substantial down the road, a piece like that was a great way to do it. And, well, um, you know, th this does to me, I mean, when you're when you consider like what's the information with relation to uh, Carl Nell uh, at this point in time, I mean, it does. It's starting to feel in a way that it, I'm, I'm feeling back to the slow disclosure that I felt before. Like I I felt like, you know, the, it seems that there is a forces uh, force within the Pentagon that doesn't want this truth to be known it's there's most certainly oh, absolutely but at the same time there you could feel you know the idea that this that there are some people this guy is on top of the food chain in the pentagon i mean un, what an unbelievable career so but so all those obviously words. yeah unreal yeah. so obviously there has to be he he is one of the elements within that pentagon i believe who knows about this and wants that truth to come out i don't know if there's most certainly people he's fighting with and we don't know about we don't know who these people are yeah, right. And again, it's, you know, we're, we're, we kind of just speculate from the sidelines and we try to put together a bigger picture from just breadcrumbs that kind of fall um, from the dinner table above us that we can't get a seat at. So it, it yeah, it, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the main guys that's sort of fighting the good fight. But uh, yeah, it, exciting times, you know, like I'm sure we've been following this for a long time and 
ever since that 17 article, it definitely feels like it's broken the floodgates. And I still think we're a little ways off from a real hard acknowledgement disclosure type. I, I, I like what Bryce Abel has said and um, Ross Coltart on, on their um, Need to Know podcast of the, we don't need to see the whole story, but just give a little bit of acknowledgement about it, you know, and, and we, you've been following it a long time. It's like, this is definitely the most momentum in terms of legitimacy on this topic in my lifetime, for sure. And it's just, I'm, I'm just glad to help be pushing on that dam. Yeah, I th- I actually always say that too. I think more people need to be doing what we're doing right this minute. I mean, I mean, I, from my viewpoint, it's always it's been for a long time now. It's like this is so obvious to me. I mean, why are we pretending this isn't real? And and this is the things we have to do to actually finally break that dam, like you said, like you were saying. So uh, we have to yeah. talk about. It. I feel like I I need to talk about it because it's just, it, it it's an injustice in my mind that we that the human race is being stunted. Uh, knowledge is being stunted because of this cover-up, and it's time to come clean. Uh, it's understandable, you know. Big, huge energy potential, and you know you can open a can of worms and dive into that of who's behind that and why and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, it's uh, it's exciting times. But I also think people have to have patience around this. You know, um, I, there are there's just certain people that follow this subject that. It doesn't matter what they see, what they hear until they can kick the tires on one of these things or they see the aliens land on the White House front lawn and walk out and shake the president's hand and have a press release right there. It's just not going to be real for them. And, and that's fine. But I think it's really important work that like you do with this podcast in terms of just getting this information out into the general public and the general consciousness, I think that helps. So anybody that's just watching this, you're helping by just simply absorbing this information because you will help down the road, you know, in a few weeks, a few months, a few years, you'll have a conversation about this with somebody and you might open someone's mind. So just by simply listening to and, and sort of consuming this topic um, I think helps. Yeah, that's a great point. It does. It does. I think it does. And actually, there are more people, if they feel like they could do this, they should do it too, is, is create their own shows. And, and absolutely. Because a lot of times, like you, you came, I think, you know, you came up with your show, this new show, Beyond Strangeness on YouTube. I think it's great. But you, you know, you came out and yeah, that was a grand slam you hit. I mean, that video about, uh, about this guy carl nell it's just to me it's a grand slam you're making a point this must have been something that you were thinking about i got to get this information out and here you did it and there it's and you did it in a great way you edit it together and and now the world is more aware of this now there's you, you you're it's moving the conversation that's how i look at this yeah thank you for that you know it's it's this digital media stuff and video making and, and all that kind of thing is is what i do in my day job right so I, i've been doing this for a long time i've been on um, YouTube for t- 10, 12, 13, 12 years, something like that. So um, it, it, I didn't just kind of, I did get lucky and it's, you know, grateful um, and a little mini viral success and I'm super stoked, but I know there's, there's so much more that I want to do and there's so many more stories and there's so much 
there it's a it's a it's a little bump of success and i'm super stoked and grateful but there's a long way to go and there's a lot of work to do still so but yeah totally and, and to your point earlier um of getting involved with this i i read a comment of somebody's like um i'm jealous that this is what you're doing and i'm like dude i'm only three videos in on this thing like if you feel motivated and and you want to make content about this or any subject you should 100 do it um it especially if you feel like it, it can help. Like one of the reasons I chose this topic to start this channel is that I, for me, it's something that's important. And I feel like I'm contributing to society. I feel like I'm helping mankind in some small way by opening eyes and minds, because I really think this is the biggest story in human history. So when did you, you or how long have you been interested in it? Well, when did you, when did the, the did you ever have any experiences of, your, of yourself? Did you ever see anything? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so, but uh, I'll uh, preface with that. But I, I first found this subject in the late eighties when um, Whitley Strieber's book communion came out and I got that and read that book and it just lit a fire and I've followed it ever since. And, really since, you know, it was kind of off and on, stop, start, read a book here and there. Um, but ever since the 2017 New York Times article, I've really dove back into it and it really caught my attention. And as I was coming up with concepts for this channel, it, um, you know, cause I've been on, on YouTube for a long time and this was, this was, this was felt like it ticked all those boxes of it's something that I'm interested and passionate about. It, I feel like it's contributing and helping just open minds for a, that that will be beneficial to our species. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I'm just really grateful for this this early feedback from the community that there's very, you know, they're stoked to hear this stuff. So we were talking about reading, like we were talking earlier too, about reading books. Like you've, you, you read Whitley Strieber's. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I tangented and, there a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. I'm just, what, what, what did, uh, what, like that, what talk about the importance of reading. I, I think that's something important too, as well, that people need to read more books about this. Totally. Yeah. And you, and it's, you can tell the, when you engage with this community and, you, you can see the people that are brand new and they're very excited. And, and then there's those that are kind of on the fences and, and they'll make comments that if you just do some homework, you would answer your own questions. And it's one of those things where I, I think the popularity of it has brought a lot of people to it and which is great, right? Phenomenal. The more people that, that get interested in the subject, the better. But I think they're just looking for an immediate smoking gun of they want to see the end all be all picture video they want to kick the tires and the what they don't understand is the machine that's behind this that's keeping that from happening is the most diabolical thing in human history in my opinion and so it's they don't understand why it's not just like an instant fix especially with today's day and age and these things the way that we're used to getting that it, it's really, I think, just people don't understand the patience you got to have, right? I mean, 30 some years <laughs> that we've been following this and it's just now in the last five or so started to really click at into something where it, I, I still don't know. 
we still don't know if it if if a proper disclosure is going to happen. It feels closer than it's ever been. But I mean, this machine behind this thing is just unbelievable. The power, so, the power they have, the power they wield behind the scenes is people don't. I, I, I mean, it's incredible what they're able to do to keep this secret as long as they have. Yeah, and I think it goes all the way to the top, deepest, darkest corners of whoever they are. And, and not, I don't mean like the visitors there. I mean like whoever the, you know, if you want to put on a little tin hat and say whoever the the puppet masters behind of everything of whatever, right? It it's it I it it's got to be. Pretty, pretty kind of, yeah, I think it's, it's some, some pretty deep pockets and, and powerful people that are holding on to this stuff. I think it's like what Grush talked about, a cold war that's ongoing right now. I mean, uh, a cold war between different nations and, and they're trying to all reverse engineer this stuff. And that's why they're all keeping quiet about it because they don't want to show any hand whatsoever on this. And that I, that's what it's, I mean. And he says it. And and again, Carl Carl Nell stands behind him one hundred percent. So I'm starting to you know I, it must be true, right? Yeah, I it, you, there's just there's definitely something, and I don't know. I don't try to postulate that I know what that something is, but there's something there. There's something that's interacting with our species, with our planet, and. The more you kind of go down this rabbit hole, the more that it seems like it might be not just one something. There might be a couple somethings, and it it I, some of the more exciting stuff for me lately is that this has gone from little green or gray men in flying saucers to this is this is a little more layered than that. This starts to get into the consciousness stuff. And I know the people that are kind of new to this don't really, and some people just don't want to go there. They want to keep it nuts and bolts, um, which I think part of it totally is, but you can't deny the fact that there's also this element of this. That's just like Jedi shit, you know, that it, it it's really, really crazy. And especially when you hear the people that are kind of seem to be on the cutting edge of knowing sort of a little bit more than like me and you might know. And this, this sort of idea keeps popping up. Um, you know, one of the main observables of high strangeness, which is where I got the strangeness for the name of this channel has to do with just odd interactions and people not remembering stuff and not being in, in full capacity of their thought processes during this. Uh, again, recently, Ross Coltart's been talking about the sixth observable, which is directly he's talking about this consciousness stuff. So that stuff's really cool. And I think that's sort of where, in my mind, the next evolutionary step for our species is going to be in that kind of direction, is moving beyond our straight physical parameters and being able to start to use the stuff up here that you know that they don't completely know everything that how it works up there right the, the, the idea of and, and i don't want to step into stuff that's not my expertise but um you know just the the that whole element of it is fascinating to me and and uh and i want to get there and talk about that but there's definitely some other more just straightforward stories like this that can kind of like blow your head off before uh we even get into to some of the more esoteric things 
Yeah, there's so many different uh, there's so many different tentacles to this. It's very confusing. I mean, just the the, the cover up tentacles. I mean, trying to understand all of that because there's just so many different people involved. There's so many different people in the Pentagon and all their different titles and what they're allowed to look at and what they're not, what, what the classifications are. There's just so much stuff to know that's very confusing. Where I just want, I'm like a bottom line kind of person. I want to see. Uh, I just want to know the truth. I, I want the world to know the truth. I already know the truth, right? I want the rest of the world to know the truth. And I want the scientific community, uh, most of all, to know what's going on and not look at this like it's a joke anymore. That's the biggest reason I would like to see disclosure. Uh, however, uh, I also believe that the uh, uh, that this uh, that all these people that are uh, uh, that are in the UFO community that don't uh, really uh, like th there's some people that aren't there, like you said, they're just not there yet. I, I and it's it's a shame for them, and I I, I think that's an injustice. Like everybody, I mean, my mind's like I, I don't know what you're thinking. It's you need to do some more research or something, and maybe it's because I benefit from having my own experiences. But I know that there's something here, even if I didn't have those. I mean, there's enough stuff out there to tell you that there's something going on here. That there's a cover up. There's an extraterrestrial presence, and the main no one in the mainstream media seems to want to do anything about that, and they don't want to educate the public on this. They don't want to even educate themselves and they still treat it like a joke as far as i'm concerned yeah and to kind of circle back around your point with books i mean it's there when you hear people say there's no there's no evidence there's no evidence it's like man crack a book there is it is all over the place and it, it that's where i get most of my stories i mean this one was one where i was kind of just paying attention to the community and it brought my attention around to really focus on it but the, I have a huge list of, of episodes that I want to make, and they're mostly from just various books that I've read. And there's so much incredible detail and so much incredible stories that are coming from. And I like to focus on the most credible witnesses, military pilots, commercial pilots, those people that are trained observers and stuff that's backed up by corroborated data, radar tracks, all that kind of stuff that you just you know, you can't say like, oh, it's a psyops. Like, no, dude, go look at the information, man. So, um, and, and it's hard because there is this tentacle of, of, you know, disinformation that's wrapped around it that does have a crazy psyop or whatever the hell you want to call it. So it's, I, I, it's such a giant hairy ball monster, this whole topic that it, it's one of those one of those ones that the more you kind of look into it the the deeper the rabbit hole goes and it seems like the the less you know and it, it's it really does take an obsessive sort of mind to to really start to figure it out and so i get why people want to just be spoon-fed it um but i you know i just want to encourage people to just kind of be patient about it and um be I wonder be healthily skeptical too, right? Well, don't, just, don't just openly take right. any story as, as legit. There's a lot of crap out there and, you know, just be curious and, and, um, know that I, I think wheels are turning. Well, what you were just saying about some people wanting to be spoon fed, and I think that's that could be true too. Uh, I mean, it seems like to me maybe that's one of the issues here is that maybe uh, a majority of the human race at this time just unconsciously does just does not want to accept this right now, and they're just ignoring it. They just don't want to. I don't want to go there right now. They're not doing it consciously, but it's just something unconsciously. And there's some of us that are trying to change that. Maybe that's what's happening here. I don't know. 
Well, I, I think, you know, let's say, for example, tomorrow, Biden comes out on the front lawn. He says, ladies and gentlemen, we have aliens here. They've been visiting us for millennia. They're part of blah, blah, blah. And here's what they're going. This is their leader from wherever. And he'd like to introduce himself. Do you think that maybe for a day, but after that, if you're going to go like, boss, boss, I can't come into work. The aliens are here. He's going to be like, yeah, right. Get your butt in here. Or you're fired. Like people still have to, life goes on. People have to take the kids to school. People have to go to work. People have to pay bills. They have to pay rent. So I understand that life doesn't allow everyone time to maybe completely immerse themselves in this subject. And so they're just trying to pick up bits and pieces of breadcrumbs and bits and pieces and figure out what's going on. And so I, I understand why someone would want to just kind of be just, just give me the damn truth, man. You know, <laughs> tell me what the hell is going on. And it, it, and so it's hard to tell people that are genuinely interested to be patient when when it's going to take a while. But, you know, I mean, life goes on in. And, and, and that's where, you know, I mean, it's it'll be curious. And maybe that's part of the dance of what they're trying to figure out. If there's some something that's inevitably going to be brought forward, like I'm sure a huge part of that is like, how do we fit this into keeping everything on the rails because people still got to go to work. People still got to, you know, everything still has to function in day-to-day -day life. So I can only imagine being someone in the know on this stuff and trying to figure out it, that's got to be a massive problem of like, how do we bring this out? You know? And, um, it, and it kind of seems like that's sort of part of the process. So, yeah, you could, you make a good point here. Like I, you know, I might, I feel like I'm one of these people like whose patience is limited. I mean, actually I lost my patience. I wish we would have talked, came clean a long time ago. Right. However, but that doesn't make me right. It could be that we need to do it this way because maybe there are people out there. If they, they're just not ready. They just even haven't considered the implications. And it's, and when it does finally happen, if you were all of a sudden just be thrown all of this all at once, all of a sudden those all those implications that a lot of us who studied this for decades, right, that we've already went through in our minds, all of those implications are going to hit these people all at once and crush them. Oh, my God, they could be abducting us. They could be doing this. They could be doing that. They could be responsible for cattle mutilations. All of it's true. Right. Because yeah. all of these things that, that we've already I'm already there. I'm already, I've already accepted all of that. Yeah. And the, the term ontological shock gets thrown around. But I think, you know, it's it's pretty spot on that. I think there will be certain people that are just going to probably have mental cracks about it. But I, I generally I think because our, our species has gone through tragedy and just massive upheaval in the past. And I don't even I don't think it'll be that catastrophic, I hope. And so I think that we'll, I, you know, I, the way I look at it is the people that know about the secret are humans just like you and I. So if they know, why do, why would we have any sort of biological reason to not be able to process that same information? We don't, right. there isn't. So I get the point that I think it's an excuse. I think it's kind of, I, I kind of call bullshit that it's sort of an excuse of that's why they haven't told us. I, I don't buy that. Um, I think this has been kept in dark corners and secret caverns and wherever, whatever, for very specific reason. It's not because they're worried about Orson Welles's, you know, kind of event sort of, ha I don't, I don't buy that. I think people 
can handle the truth. I don't, the, whatever excuses they may have come up with, or they give us as to why this has been kept in the dark for 80 years is just kind of hogwash. So, you know, we're all the same human being. And so like, if they know, we can know and they should let us know. It's like you see all, how many times over the decades have I seen like interviews with people, uh, you know, who just saw talking about a, a UFO that they saw on TV. And I never believed in this stuff before, but I believe it now. And they're OK. I mean, they're, they're dealing with it. I think everybody right. else could deal with it, too. It's just an excuse. Uh, great, but great, that's what they might point. be thinking. They may have convinced themselves, oh, I think there's going to be panic or something like that, just so they don't have to reveal the truth. And it probably just boils down to these reverse engineering aspects. It's just it's more about that than it is about uh, telling the human race the truth about this. I mean, most people, if you listen to stories of accounts, it changes their lives for the better. Yeah. Right. Even people that have have PTSD from serious abduction stuff. I mean, it's still, I, I can, I can only speculate, but you know, it seems like that is an extremely paradigm shattering, challenging experience. But for the most part, from what I've read and from what I've researched, it, it's, it's something that once they can kind of come to grips with it, which doesn't seem to take very long, then it's this positive thing. Um, I, I don't want to speak for anybody and I know that that's not always the case, but you know, it, for the most part, it, it seems like cool. We, you know, we move on and we're, we can take this as a species, right? And the, the excuse of keeping it from us because we're all just going to run around like chickens with our heads cut off is bullshit. Well, you know, you just to your point where you just said about the uh, some people, uh, it's it's for their benefit. But uh, most of the cases where it was not for someone's benefit, it usually involves the stigmatization that ruined their lives. Like, for instance, Calvin Parker, who right. recently died, he said it ruined his life because, you know, it was something that what humans did. Right. Because of what humans did not was, well, his experience was something, you know, that was, that was a frightening experience, but still it was something, a story. It was something interesting. And I don't think it would have had as much of an impact, a negative impact on his life if it wasn't for what he suffered in public because of the, right. uh, what happened because of telling yeah, the story. I mean, exactly. That's a great, you know, like if those guys would have been accepted by society and brought it forward as like this positive thing. And they like, wow, that's incredible. Tell us about that. Instead of, just being totally yeah stigmatized and that's where the another kind of the skeptical argument is people are just out to make a buck and they're all going to write books like no man you look at most of these stories most people are reluctant to tell these stories and most people even people that do write books there's very few that are making any damn money on this so it, it's not like it's it's some glory subject you know it, it's it's most people i think it's a legitimate life-changing experience or it's something that you know they feel like me that they want to help get the story out because it seems like it's super important and yeah I, so in 2017 after you you had an interest in it before but 2017 that's when you became really interested in it when that New York Times story came out and you've been reading a lot of books over the, the you you've accepted this reality you've done enough research you did, although you had no uh, personal experience you've done enough research now where you could say yeah there's, there's most certainly a presence here and there is a cover up um yeah i mean i back in that book when i read Whitley Strieber's account like i've 
I've been a, and it's, you know, you got to kind of be careful and calling yourself. I'm a believer. I, I think there's, again, there's something here that's interacting with our species in this planet. And I've, I've thought that for a long time and I don't know, I don't know why, honestly. Um, and I kind of, we kind of touched on this earlier of, have I ever had an experience? Like, I don't think so. Um, there's been a couple of really interesting experiences. So I grew up on a dairy farm here in Oregon, out in sort of rural part of central Oregon. And my step-grandfather, um, I was actually trying to call my mom today to get clarification on the story, had an interesting experience. And one of the things, if you follow this subject, people that have direct experiences, especially if they have abduction type experiences, it can turn into a generational thing. And so people that have experienced abductions, it's their parents experienced it, they experienced it, their kids experienced it. And it sort of latches on to, you know, whatever this phenomenon is, it latches on to this family and it kind of keeps hold of them you know, who knows, or tracking animals or whatever. Right. So my, um, step-grandfather was, and I, and I don't have, you know, corroborated this with my mom, but so we'll just kind of tell this is, this is just an interesting story. And maybe this is why I'm interested in it. I don't know that, uh, he was out in the fields late one night and he was, um, spreading fertilizer on the fields for the cows so that, you know, grass would grow. And he saw this, uh, it must've been, it was probably late mid sixties when this happened. And he saw this huge disc came out over the field and he said, he stopped, turned his tractor off, lit a cigarette and he just watched the thing. And then he said, the next thing he knew, it was like first light. And this, this, when he first saw the thing, it was probably like late night, like evening you know, he had, he had been working and the sun went down and he kept going. Right. So it was about, you know, nine, 10 o'clock. And then he saw this thing come down, lit a cigarette. Next thing he knows, it's like the, the first daylight is coming up and it's like, huh, that's really freaking weird. And so like, you know, if you follow this subject in abductions, missing time is a really common thing. And this was a story that I just heard recently in my family. My brothers were talking about this because my brothers had another interesting experience that's more kind of paranormal related. Um, but that's a thing. And then it's kind of gotten me thinking, it's like, huh, that's really, it's really <laughs> interesting. I wonder if it's just because I heard that story when I was a kid or if there's something more to it, I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's something that I've always, I kind of just intrinsically known is a reality of our existence. And then of course you read books and you're like, okay, yep, there it is there's kind of validation of this, this phenomena that's happening. And yeah, I, 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 and I wouldn't say that it just kicked in, in that 2017 timeframe. I think that's when I really started consuming a lot of book reading before that, yeah. but I had watched, I, I was more of a movie and, and documentary guy before that. But after that article came out, then I started getting, every book I can get my hands on and reading all this stuff and it just validates it even more. Right. And it, yeah. and it, and you read this stuff and you go, how can anybody not be interested in the subject and not go? Yeah, obviously this is a thing, you know, it, it's just right there. So 
Well, you know, speaking of, uh, uh, I, I point out actually before I say this other comment, I want to just say that I, some of the books that I like a lot are the ones by Richard Dolan uh, for the, the uh, uh, UFOs and the National Security State Volumes 1 and 2. I think that those books were, were great historical books that I think everyone in the mainstream media needs to have. Uh, but I, I guess talking about Oregon, I mean, that's the place, the famous McMinnville uh, yeah. UFO picture. Uh, so yep. I guess... That's another, it's another also reason. been um, a, a hot spot for cattle mutilations the last few years. Yeah. And um, interesting story. I actually have a buddy that his dad used to own a cat casual friend, not like a super good friend, but he's a he's a guy that I know that his dad used to own a veterinary clinic um, nearby here. And I recently reached out to him to ask him if he's had any if his dad's had any like mutilation experiences that he couldn't really explain because it's sort of a, a subject that i'm looking at for a, an episode and i, I kind of concurrently research stuff as i'm building these and i was looking into cattle stuff and it was interesting to realize that and of course it makes sense but veterinarians don't want to touch this subject a lot because they it just there's no it's not a win-win for anybody and so they kind of just don't want to go there with it um, for whatever reason. And so I'm, I reached out to my buddy to ask him that and he hasn't gotten back to me yet, but, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a hot or it, from, from what I've seen in, in just kind of early days of the research on this episode that I would like to put out, uh, that Oregon has been kind of a hot spot, and I'd love to try to figure out a way to kind of look that up better. Um, again, this is, basically a, a side project in my life so i don't have all day every day to kind of just dig into this stuff so if anybody's watching this and you have connections or know anywhere to look up good cannulation stuff or connections in oregon specifically i'd love to be able to get on site somewhere out here uh, but anyway yeah it's uh <laughs> I, I'm, I'm already looking forward to that like i well after that with the video we're talking about here today the uh, Carl Nell video. I'm really looking forward to this video that you're planning on cattle mutilation. I'm sure that's going to be excellent. Um, so someday. I guess uh, someday, yes. And, uh, well, and Dolan, uh, while you brought up Dolan, we'll shout him out. I think he's the preeminent, basically, UFO historian on the subject. And definitely, if you don't know where to start with books, his are great. I love... Uh, I flash this in the videos, of course, but this is one of my favorites by Leslie Kane. Oh um, yes. This one's phenomenal because it just talks about, you know, those those credible witnesses, generals, pilots, um, government officials, commercial pilots, corroborated evidence. This is that's a that's a great one to check out. So the UFOs by Leslie Kane, yes. Yep. Yes, everyone, yeah, everyone should check that one out. There's a lot of great books out there. And everybody, people in the mainstream media are the ones who really need to be reading this because they're the ones who are reporting the news and telling the story of what's going on in the world. But I, to, as far as I'm concerned, they're not doing their job, as particularly with what we were talking about here. The main story tonight, we were talking about uh, uh, Carl Nell and, and his association with David Grush. I mean, and, and the things he had to say, he says the same things as David Grush. And you pointed that out to the world. And yeah. uh, I, I think it was an awesome video, and um, I'm looking forward to your channel. And I want everyone out there to know to make sure that uh, everyone's uh, there'll be links in the description here for this in this video. And I would think everyone needs to uh, become a, a subscriber on uh, to uh, Jason's YouTube channel, Beyond Strangeness, because it's I'm, I'm, there's a lot to look forward to with that one. No question about it. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate that, Jim. Um, yeah, there's there's only a couple episodes on there. Um, it's currently just as a one man show, taking me about three weeks to research, write, shoot, edit, and get these out. So uh, hopefully, I would love to grow this to something where I can get that cadence out a little bit sooner, like every other week. And you know, who knows if this thing gets big enough and I can get a team every week. Um, but for now, that's kind of the pace of what it's going. And and kind of to just kind of pick up on your last comment there, I think the reason that some of the mainstream media also is handicapped on this subject or any really interesting subject is that it's just sound bites, right? They don't have the time to really do a deep dive on a story. And, and it's just sort of another, to me, it just shows how the, the kind of classic news model is going extinct. Um, I'm sure just because of who those corporations are that own that, we'll figure it out if it totally starts to slow down. Um, but it, it, that's why I love formats like YouTube and podcasts. It, it just gives an opportunity to do deep dives on stuff. And you can really tell those stories that the way that they need to be told. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. And your videos are of the kind that do, I could understand when you watch something like that. I know it definitely takes a lot of time to put all of that together, to, to put the script together, to do the research, then put the script together, the edit it. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of work. And uh, to do that, like you say, you, you, that's just, this is something you could do when you're, when you have the extra time and it's fantastic stuff. I, I really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you. And, and if I can put a small plug out there, if you're interested in, I'm currently putting out little feelers for anybody that might want to get involved in the project. It's really early days and I can't really pay anybody anything yet. Um, but writers, researchers, and video editors, give me a call. Um, my email is, if you go down there and find it, it's in the video descriptions. And um, I've started to reach out to a couple of professors to potentially get like interns student-wise. Um, but I do want to keep the momentum while it's in my favor. And so, um, yeah, I'll just leave that there. All right, Jason, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the show today. It was very informative. I, I very much appreciate it. I really appreciate you having me on, Jim. Thank you very much. And again, thank you to the community for the really awesome welcome and love that you all have shown me on this uh, first early releases of these episodes. Thank you. Okay, until next time, thank you very much for joining us.